Well, good morning. It is good to be with you here today. Whether you braved the elements and were able to shovel out of your driveway uh, from yesterday or whether you are joining us uh, via live stream ministry and our sister church, Bedside Baptist, wherever you are coming from and joining us from, we are glad you are here and we welcome you. My name is Eric Haskins. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here on staff at Christ Church. And it truly is a privilege to serve alongside people as Noel and Rick and the other pastors we have here in Communicators. Some of you might remember a past story that I've shared and how I wrote something in my journal I never desire to write again. And that something was, God, I miss you. I wrote that while I was on a planned sabbatical at a retreat center out just outside of Minneapolis. And it was during a season of my life that actually started a, a longer season in my life that I found myself in between formal positions in a church. And that season lasted a whole lot longer than I could have ever guessed or anticipated. And it was a season in my life and, and spiritual development that I remember asking a lot of deeper questions. Because for the first time in my career, I found myself not in the church as a pastor. And I had to face questions such as, well, who am I? What do I do? What is my life all about now if I'm not a pastor in a church? Because it's the only thing I've ever known. And this began a season of tremendous soul searching and honest, authentic question asking. And it was hard. It was a hard season because I had to face some internal hindrances to my own relationship with Jesus. But in the end, by God's grace, by God's grace, I'm better for it. Now I'm sure many of you here this morning are watching on live stream have experienced similar seasons in life where we ask and wonder and, and even doubt life's purpose and our purpose in life in big and, and even small ways. And for some this morning, you are perhaps going through a transition of life that is causing you to ask deeper questions, questions that have you focused right now on your purpose and what this thing called life is all about. Perhaps you've experienced a job change unexpectedly Perhaps you lost a loved one recently. Or perhaps maybe a long-standing relationship has dissolved over the last several months and you are still wondering why as you're in that turmoil emotionally. And in the midst of it, you're asking why, what is the purpose and meaning of this life that I have now in front of me? And as we enter into this new series that we start today called Explore God and dialogue about the purpose of life this morning, we know these are sticky questions. We know that these are questions we've asked for ages as people. And if you're here this morning in a church or watching a church's live stream ministry this morning, you might have some inclination that God might have something to say about your purpose in life. And you would be absolutely correct. We believe God does have, does have something to say about it. 
And in fact, what we will find out this morning is when we slow down and journey through the scriptures as we will this morning together, that life is meaningless without God. But God gives everything meaning. And one of the first people to write in detail about the search for meaning and purpose in life was Solomon centuries ago. And in fact, Solomon does something very interesting in the book of Ecclesiastes, of which I'm going to offer a brief overview. And I'm indebted to uh, the folks at thebibleproject.com who do this far more creatively than I will this morning. If if you have not heard of uh, thebibleproject.com, I encourage you to look it up, to look into it. I'm in fact using their Bible through a year guide this year for myself. And every couple of days as you read, journey through the scriptures provided by them on their schedule, you come across one of their videos that is not only creative and captivating, but is theologically sound and astute and informative. So back to Solomon. Solomon sets up a character in the book of Ecclesiastes called the teacher. And the teacher is designed to poke at our sensitivities and to poke and bring awareness to how we all live investing in pursuits to try to give us meaning. And we, we, we invest in these pursuits that in the end, they don't satisfy because life marches on, time marches on, we all die, rich, poor, good, bad. And in fact, as, as this happens, as we seemingly just advance towards death in this life, we realize that good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. And in, in the teacher's introduction and eventual conclusion, he implies that riches, power, status, sex, adrenaline, knowledge, you name it, all these pursuits that we are engaged in to find meaning and purpose and significance. They may temporarily distract us, but in the end, they do not satisfy and they do not reveal ever our ultimate purpose. And the teacher's summary statement is the often quoted Ecclesiastes 1-2. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. How's that for a cheery Sunday? The Hebrew word here for meaninglessness or vanity, as you might be familiar, is hevel. And think of the meaning of Hevel as smoke or vapor coming up. And there's a beauty and mystery to it. But what happens is is if you go to grab it, it just dissolves in your hands. You cannot cling to it as it dissipates in your grasp. In fact, 38 times throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, the teacher tells us that life is like that. It's we grab for it and it's Hevel. It just goes up in smoke or vapor. It's temporary. It's fleeting. It's an enigma. It's a paradox. At the end of the book, as opposed to the teacher, Solomon sets himself up as the author, and he speaks up and brings a focus and point to the words of the teacher. And he basically is saying the key to life is living in wisdom and fear of the Lord, Solomon says where one moves from focusing on the hevel of life, the meaninglessness of life, and these common pursuits that are like smoke and vapor that evaporate when we go to grasp them. 
And we move to, to accepting life as something we cannot control. And then eventually in wisdom, we move to laying all of life at God's feet, saying we know that we can't control, but we know the one who does control, and that is God. And we live then in the fear of the Lord, the author says. Life is mysterious, but we can fear God, keep his commandments, enjoy the moment, and trust God's judgment because one day we believe that God will remove the hevel of life. So in summary, we realize that life is meaningless without God. But God gives everything meaning. Using this as a base, then, we, we carry on from this Old Testament passage to a passage in Romans that basically shows us uh, more specifically how do we live from hevel to clarity and purpose. In Romans 12.1, we begin, there, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... Now, don't forget that little Bible study uh, help that says, whenever you see the word therefore, you are to ask, what is therefore, therefore, right? Little thing, that's for free today, okay? That's for free, all right? But it's a good one to ask. So if we, we lay that over this, in this case, Paul is asking us to make a transition, He's in chapter 12 of Romans. He's making a transition from the first 11 chapters. And if you remember the first 11 chapters of Romans, Paul has just finished one of the most thorough and beautiful and complete explanations in all the scriptures of the life God enables you and I to enter into through Jesus. And with all that rich, amazing story of God's grace fueling his heart and mind, he says, in view of God's mercies. The term there is actually, we say mercy here, in usually English translations. The Greek is actually plural. Because when you read Romans 1 through 11, you realize God's mercies. The generosity of God. In view of this amazing life that God so freely offers to us through Jesus, this life that you and I are invited into that frees us from the penalties and trappings of sin, the life that transforms you from the inside out, the life that provides true meaning, hope, and purpose. Paul says, because of all this, I urge you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now, in us hearing this, there's a little disconnect to the vivid imagery that would have been in the minds of those reading the letter originally. Paul, being a Jew and a Pharisee by training, knew very well the sacrificial system. And Paul's original hearers, uh, Jew or Gentile, their whole life was centered around, centered around a religious system that offered animal sacrifices. This is exactly what Paul wanted to leverage to better explain the calling we each have in our lives now with Jesus. True worship is letting go of ourselves and placing ourselves before God first. It's about putting God at center, allowing God to give purpose and meaning to life. When we release all those pursuits that are hevel, 
that are meaningless, that are vanity, that are vapor, going right out of our grasp. We enter into true worship. And Paul says, this is your spiritual act of worship. And that word spiritual is actually a little hard to translate. And if you were to look this up in different translations in the scriptures, you would see it's translated all sorts of ways. It's rendered all sorts of ways. From reasonable, true, intelligent, offered by mind and heart. And it seems the best translation might be informed or understanding. So in other words, we freely unreservedly, willingly give ourselves to God when we understand God's grace and its place in our lives. When we understand that God has gone before us to give us purpose and focus through Christ. As Paul demonstrates throughout the first half of Romans and beyond this passage in the latter half, and this isn't the first time we hear this. In fact, if we quickly go back to Ecclesiastes, we see that at the summary of that book, Solomon says this, when all has been heard, the end of the matter is, fear God, worship him with awe-filled reverence, knowing that he is almighty God, and keep his commandments. For this applies to every person. Because if we don't, we will never move beyond ourselves and receive what God offers. And we will continually seek fleeting substitutes for God that are simply hevel. Paul knows this because he warns in the next part of this passage, Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind. And I love how the NAS brings out the richness here by stating, do not be conformed. Now, think of it, when you, when you read that, think of it as we know there's a system in this world that is trying to conform us to its image. And if you think of it, my daughter is now going to be 17 in two weeks. So it's been a long time since I played with Play-Doh with her. But back in the day, right, some of you have grandkids and children of your own, you know you have those little Play-Doh molds. And you put the Play-Doh in, and then what do you do? You smash it down until it takes its shape. That's the imagery here. That's the imagery of the world around us trying to smash us into its shape. But you and I, you and I are meant for something so much more. We are made in the image of God. And this world cannot smash us into its shape when we partner with God. And Paul, not only here in Romans, but notice how in Colossians, Paul continues to point us to the one who brings clarity and purpose to life, no matter what the world brings at us. Paul says in Colossians, we look at this son Jesus and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son Jesus and see God's original purpose in everything, everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, God started in Jesus and finds its purpose in him in Jesus. Paul is saying, in light of who Jesus is and what God is doing in our lives right here, right now, 
we can choose to think and to live differently, bringing clarity and purpose to our lives together. And the words here, transformed and renewing, are an ongoing process. It's where we get metamorphosis from, like a, a caterpillar into a butterfly. It's, we, it's amazing when you think of a caterpillar, how it looks, and a butterfly comes from that, and you go, how does that work? And that's how sometimes we are. When we look at certain lives, we're like, I knew you then, but you are so different now. How does that work? And in fact, our hope that through this series, you will experience growth. You will experience growth and transformation because you will be offering to God more and more of your heart and mind. You will be offering to God your doubts, your fears, your honest questions. You'll be releasing to God your hevel. And as you do that, you know others who also need to come on that journey with you. Who can you bring on that journey with you through this series? Just think about that. Now, this is a key for us to remember what Paul is saying here, that there's this process. And it's important for us to know that there's this, we have, need to be involved in this ongoing growing there's an intentionality here. And that's what Pastor Dave and Pastor Tracy were sharing with us two weeks ago when they preached on a rule of life. This transformation just doesn't happen. There's an intentionality. You and I are offering ourselves. We're releasing the hevel of our life to God himself. And we're inviting in, because we believe this is a better way, we're inviting in God into the midst of the hevel to bring clarity, to bring purpose. Notice, again, be transformed. Just as there's an external force working against us, when we are aligning ourselves with God, there's an internal force within us transforming us, and that is the Holy Spirit doing that transforming work. It's transforming us from the inside out. And as Pastor Dave and Pastor Tracy preached a couple weeks ago, those spiritual practices we write into our rule of life as they so wisely taught us. Help us engage and help us to offer our hearts before God to transform. That's all spiritual practices are. We don't do worship. We don't do prayer. We don't do scripture. Because we earn God's favor, God's going to bless us more. We do it because there are ways to open our hearts and minds before God so God can then enter and transform through those means. And notice there is a cause and effect here. You want to know your purpose? Bring clarity to your life? Paul says, then you will be able to test and improve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The NLT puts it, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Then there's a cause and effect as you live like this, when you offer yourselves to God as a living sacrifice, when you choose to turn from the ways of the world and follow the leading of the Spirit in your life, then you'll be able to hear, experience, embrace God's will for your life. Then you'll be able to find purpose for your life in Christ. Then you'll be able to be free from all the hevel. As God 
brings meaning as he so longs to do in the way that you and I have been created to live and to connect with God at center. Then, because if we learn anything today, we've learned life is meaningless without God. But God gives everything meaning. So I ask you to consider, no matter where you consider yourself on your relational journey with Jesus, what do you need help with to take steps forward from meaninglessness, from hevel to purpose? What do you need help with? And in light of Dr. Martin Luther King this weekend, here's what he says and encourages us. If you can't fly, then run. And if you can't run, then walk. And if you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. What do you need to keep moving forward from hevel to purpose? From these questions you have about this meaning of life and how do you connect with God to finding God at the center of all things, offering yourself as a living sacrifice. I ask you also, how are you practically offering yourself over to God to transform, to bring clarity and purpose to the hevel of your life? What spiritual practices are you regularly engaging in or do you need to regularly engage in to create that space in your life, offering your heart to God? And again, if you didn't see them preach a couple weeks ago on the rule of life, I encourage you, it's in our, in our website, underneath our messages, Rewatch it this week as a way to live out what I'm preaching here today. Imagine if we truly let go of the hevel, the meaninglessness of our pursuits and embraced all that God personally desires to give us, to do in us. Imagine if we truly live into a purpose of being transformed from the inside out, becoming more and more like Jesus in the everyday moments of our lives. Imagine the impact that would have in our families, on our friends, and our co-workers, and our life. Imagine truly living as if we believe the scriptures where they say life is meaningless without God, but God brings everything meaning. Imagine the purpose we would have in living. Let's pray. Lord, Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for our invitation to become more than we are now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the invitation to move from the hevel, from the purposelessness, from the vanity, from the meaninglessness, to finding our life in you, to being guided by you in the everyday moments of our life towards meaning, towards hope, towards purpose. Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will continue to transform beyond this place. And all God's people said, amen.